And then you always have the opportunity to get better, making yourself available and approachable, right? Especially to team members at all levels of the organization. You know, at the end of the day, I get up, I get dressed the same way they do, right? Uh, you know, I'm not anyone special. We're all in this together. No one person's more important than the other, right? At the property, yes, we have titles and tiers, and but how you go about it and how you treat people, that's really going to, you know, really help you create a good relationship with your team. Welcome to the Hospitality Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Turk. Join me as we dive into the personal stories of some of the world's best hospitality professionals. We follow the journey of their ups, downs, and wild turns to find out what it truly takes to make it in the amazing world of hospitality. This episode is brought to you by our podcast partners at Real-Time Reservation. Their inventory management system is best in class for hotels and resorts to manage their non-room inventory. The web-based application allows for creative upselling of overnight and daytime visitors with add-ons and pre-planned packages. Hotel guests and non-guests can reserve cabanas, pool chairs, activities, amenities, excursions, events, day passes, and much more. The real-time reservation platform offers a fully integrated pre-arrival portal where guests are verified through the property management system. Guests can prepay for cabanas and activities through credit card integrations, which are then processed through point of sale. All of our listeners that might be interested in using real-time reservation are welcome to explore the demo at realtimereservation.com. Once again, that's realtimereservation.com. Welcome to another edition of the Hospitality Mentor Podcast. Today, I am very excited to have Patrick Fisher, the Vice President and Managing Director at the Fontainebleau Miami Beach Hotel. Patrick, I appreciate you joining us today. Hey, thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure to uh, be on the podcast today, uh, but really it's a pleasure to speak with you as well. I've heard nothing but great things. Oh, same here. So I'm excited to get started the way we always do. So Patrick, what was your very first job in hospitality? How did you get started? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it actually started before uh, before hotels in high school. Uh, first job I ever had, I worked in a movie theater. I was 15, uh, and I did everything from ringing the cashier for tickets to cleaning the theater after the show. Uh, I grew up in Bethesda, Maryland. I'll never forget it. You know, it gave me really good appreciation um, on how to how to work hard. Um, the values instilled for me from my parents, but um, you know, it's uh, I think it's one thing you always read about. Uh, but when you get into the workforce, you learn a lot of skills, obviously, uh, on the job and, in, and as you go. So did you get to watch all the movies for free? I've never talked to anyone who worked in a movie theater. It was great. It was, it was a Cineplex Odeon. It was in Bethesda, Maryland. And then uh, it was at the mall, right? So, you know, you're 15 and, you know, you thought it was the cool job. So I did, I did that for a year uh, for the summer. I was going to go back. Nevertheless, the movie theater went under. So I went over to Congressional Country Club. Uh, it was like, I think junior, sophomore, junior year of high school. And it works the bag boy, schlep clubs, caddied, pro shop, you know, you know it, you name it, need to be done. I was there doing it and uh, just enjoyed it. You know, I think like we're a congressional obviously gave me a, a huge uh, appreciation, right? Especially for high end, uh, you know, working with just elevated, elevated expectations uh, there. They hosted the US Open there in 96. Uh, they did another one in the 2000s. They have another one coming up for Ryder Cup in, I think, five, six years. But um, it was great. You know, nevertheless, went to school, uh, went to undergrad for to LSU. I was at Louisiana State University. I was a PR major. 
uh, business minor, got out of school and, you know, I thought of like, you know, what do you want to do? And uh, I reflected back to my time early on uh, when I worked at Congressional, uh, you know, a passion to serve others, really to work with others, you know, and thought that that was something, a skill set that I could really rely on, you know, wanted to to move forward. So uh, like anyone out of LSU, right? You're in Baton Rouge, you move south an hour, you moved to New Orleans. And uh, I started at Ritz-Carlton New Orleans as a front desk agent. It was great. I loved it. So were you, were you doing that while you were in college or was that the first job out of school? That was the first job out of school. When I was in college, um, specifically, I played football at LSU, mm-hmm. uh, took up probably 50, 60 hours a week, easy, uh, went to school full time. And then I worked at the school's uh, athletic administration building. Uh, since I was a PR major, you know, in college, it was important to me to start building a resume, you know, some uh, true work life experience. So when you got out. Uh, I worked for the athletic department. It's called LSUsports.net. I uh, did some journal writing for them in the off season. You know, some real like it gave you real skill set like on the job. You know, PR has always been uh, something that I enjoyed at the time. Getting up, you know, speaking to people, engaging. It's all about how you go about it. Um, this has always been one of my my skill sets, and that's really what drove me into you know, career in hospitality, right? I wasn't looking for uh, a traditional nine to five. I wasn't looking for something that was, you know, the same every day. Uh, I wanted something different. And uh, I started with Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company in New Orleans as a front desk agent. It was great. It gave me a great foundation really for the business overall. Uh, came in, worked swing shift, worked worked the three to 11 uh, every day. And, uh, you know, through that. It's a busy but, time, and that's the busiest yeah, yeah, time in busy. there. Oh, in, in New Orleans, it's busy till uh, you know three a.m. Right, but it, you know, Ritz Carlton really gave me a great foundation for how you go about your business. Right, um, values instilled right in the workplace. Uh, how, how do you really translate that over? And I think really, you know, me coming in working at front desk gave me appreciation for learning different aspects of the business as well. Right. How you integrate with F&B, how you integrate with sales department, how you integrate, um, you know, with your finance department, um, really just, you know, learning and becoming really well-rounded. Um, yeah. One thing that really benefited me early on, right. You know, was it like the ability to say yes, right. A shift would come up. Uh, someone calls off in the overnight, right. Can you work grave shift? Absolutely. Happy to do it. You know, uh, you're in the middle of, uh, you get the call middle of the week, right? It's your off day and hey, we need help in guest services. Can you come run ballet? Can you come run the ticket window? Can you come run, you know, in banquets? Can you come run? Absolutely. I took it all in, right? And through that, for me, it was just fun, right? It's just, uh, it's who you get to work with and who you get to work for drives your experience. And I say that still to this day. Um, that's what drives anyone's experience, right? And, you know, that uh, it certainly really helped me engage and find my second passion really behind playing football. Um, once that career ended, uh, you know, I found my second passion and really fortunate to, uh, have been in it here the last 14 years. I'd love to hear it. And, you know, you ended up at a place that is one of the premier hotel companies in the world. So you weren't studying hospitality. How did you end up at the Ritz Carlton? How did you end up starting there? Yeah. You know, um, uh, (laughs) it's, it's a funny story. Um, moved to New Orleans. I was there two days. Um, and when we had played football at LSU, my mom, I uh, was like, oh, you know, you should uh, go talk to this person, you know, at Marriott. Nevertheless, I had, a, I had an interview set up. Uh, it was like with the front op- front desk manager, right? Call it three that afternoon. Got down there early in the city. I was probably 11 o'clock. I was in a suit, had a resume in hand. Happened to park across the street from Ritz Carlton and thought, wow, you know, it looks like a really nice place. Heard great things. Didn't yeah. know much about it. Never, never been to Ritz Carlton. Um, and, uh, you know, just decided to go on in, right? And I think it's all about how you go about it. If you're determined to find a way, uh, you can find a way. I nevertheless, went to go see the doorman. 
And, you know, it was like, oh, you must, I was like, I'm really here for human resources just to drop a resume off. Long story short, went down, uh, met the receptionist, had me apply for the job right there. Uh, I was able to meet the front office manager and director of rooms that afternoon, probably about 1.30, 2 o'clock. whole time I'm thinking, I still got to get to this other interview. And, you know, needless to say, it went well. Uh, went to the other interview, but, interview, but uh, I got a call the next morning. Uh, James Lally uh, was my first boss. He was great. And uh, uh, he was one of my first mentors in the business. And, uh, you know, he, he called me the next day and said, you know, we'd love to have you. Uh, and I went through orientation and just really how they went about it, I think, was really impressive to me. Um, you know, I can still think back about the first orientation I went to. I just love, I fell in love with the whole process, right? And, and really how they took care of people. Uh, and it gave me a really good understanding for, the, you know, the business as you, as you really get into it, right? And you're learning new skill sets and learning new things. Uh, and it was quickly progressed. Uh, I was in that role for, uh, you know, as, as the agent, probably six months, supervisor comes apart, you know, comes open, um, you know, and you, and you kind of progress your career, right? As you, as you continue to move on and learn new skill sets. I was with Fritz Carlton in total for about seven years. Uh, I was in New Orleans. Uh, I moved to uh, Atlanta Buckhead, which was their flagship property at the time. It was the first property open to be Ritz Carlton. I was the front office manager there, oversaw front of the house. Uh, did that for about 18, 19 months. Opportunity opened up to move back to New Orleans to work in the housekeeping department. Um, something that uh, uh, I knew that as I, you know, at that point, I, it was all front of the house, really, right? In your first, uh, call it four years in, in the role. Uh, knowing that you want to move up, really, my goal at the time was like, get to director room spot. To get there, it was important to me that you really understood the heart of the house as well. And moving back, overseeing housekeeping, uh, laundry, dry cleaning, one, you're learning new skill set, but it then give you appreciation even that much more for the team. Uh, housekeeping, obviously, is the, you know, they're, they're the heartbeat, right? They're the backbone of the operation. Uh, and to really, you know, get down there and uh, be able to work with the team and really create form relationships with them was, was exciting for me. I was, I was down in, how, in the heart of the house for about two years. Uh, opportunity uh, opened itself up with the Ritz Carlton. We moved to Washington, D.C. I moved into a director of rooms role up there for them. Uh, you know, it was great. It was just, it was kind of like the next natural progression work for uh, general manager at the time, Elizabeth Mullen. She had a huge impact on my career. Uh, she's with Disney now, uh, but she was just fantastic. Like she brought it every single day, just a drive, a direction, um, a dedication, a passion. And to be able to work for someone like that, you know, that has the same values as myself, you know, made it, made a great team. And, uh, just to reflect fondly, you know, my, on my seven years there. Right. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like, it sounds like a lot of good mentors there, you know, and I want to go back the part where you started as a manager the first time, which hotel was that at where you became the manager for the first time? Uh, yeah, I was in, uh, I was in New Orleans. It was great. It was, you know, it's, uh, so what did it's, that, little, it's scary. Yeah. What did that feel like the scary. first time? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a, uh, it's a little scary, but I think you have to be, you have to have be very self-confident as well. Right. And knowing what you're doing, but I think you gotta be open-minded as well. Right. You gotta be open-minded that uh, you don't know everything you're learning. Right. But when I think about any, any leader that is a leader of people, right. Uh, can you motivate and inspire others to move in the right direction? You know, if you can motivate and inspire um, and you can bring tangible value to them, um, right, where you're going to invest your time, energy, and effort into them to make them better. Um, most people are pretty receptive to that. You know, you learn a lot, right, in your first uh, in your first couple of manager jobs. 
So you transition quickly. You've got some great mentors helping you and you tr go all the way up to director of rooms at Ritz Carlton. And before I ask you about that, do you still carry your credo card? Because I've talked to so many Ritz Carlton people and they still have <laughs> their credo card on them. I, I don't carry it with me, but I could probably recite, I could recite it off of, off mine. It's amazing. I always love hearing that. And they all yeah. mentioned the training is top notch and, you know, it's always sets up a great foundation for people coming through there. But you know, when you get to director rooms the first time, it's different than being a manager, right? People think, oh, it's, you know, similar, you're growing, you're department managers. What was that like when you became director rooms in, in DC? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's, it's a big responsibility, right? You know, it's, uh, you think about everyone on your team and you're, you're setting the path, right? And really and setting the course for how you're going to go about it. And you're really, that's probably the first time you really get to be, I'd say like strategic, right? In any role, you know, where if you are on the exec committee, um, you're really setting a strategy put forth, right, on how you're going to improve the business, um, whether it be guest engagement, right, whether it be team member engagement or financial performance. It's uh, I was I was prepared for the role though. I was really uh, blessed. I had great mentors up to that point, but too, I think it was so important that I spent the time to really understand the economics, right, of the business, especially in housekeeping. I'm like, what is it that really is going to drive your performance and really is going to build, you know, and build your PL. Uh, so when you're making decisions, you're making educated decisions, right? Um, and you can kind of see the pieces come together. And as you started building your team, because that's probably the first time we get to actually start building your team of leaders. What were you looking for when you were doing that? Yeah, it, you know, it's really, uh, you're 100% right, right? That's the first time you're hiring department heads. Anytime you get into that, right? It's uh, one, can they do the job, right? It's, do they have the skill set, right? But is the chemistry there, right? And do they live the values, of who we are, right? Me as the leader, we as the organization, right? Is it someone that's that we're going to trust to continue to lead the values of the organization and go about it in the right way, right? I think character speaks very highly um, of anyone, right? What is it that you're doing when someone's not watching, right? Are you going about it um, the right way? Are you a six out of 10? Are you doing it when you want, when convenient for you? Or are you a 10 out of 10 every single day for not just our guests, but uh, really for the team members, right? I mean, the team is the one that makes it happen, right? You're just setting the direction and clearing the path. And think about think about a good leader, right? It's someone that sets expectations, right? On kind of where you want to go, right? They can set the vision, but they give someone the tools and resources that they need to do the job, right? But then they're not micromanaging, right? But since you've set the expectations, you're putting them in a position to go out and go succeed, right? And you're going to support them along the way. And, um, you know, continue to encourage them to, to achieve their goals and company goals. And, you know, it all, it all kind of goes hand in hand, right? It goes back to the, what's the culture that you've created. And think about the culture. The culture is a formulation of the habits of the leaders, right? They're the ones that say how to go about it, right? They're the ones that it's, it's, it's more than just what you say, right? It's how do you go about it? Do you live what you believe in, right? Because people are always watching and you're always on, but that's, you know, therefore it's, you got to bring it every single day though, Right. Yeah, listen, I know that's what you're looking for in people, especially as you get higher up in the hotels, because it never closes. There's always something happening. I'm sure when you're in D.C., right, as director rooms at one of these true luxury hotels in D.C. with politicians and all different kind of people traveling. Do you is there anything that sticks out from that time when you were in there of something maybe like something that popped up that was like, man, this was really challenging. I'm, I'm happy I got over that. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you're always, you're always facing new challenges. I mean, I think about this business, what I personally enjoy about it is it's not cookie cutter, right? It's something new every single day, uh, you know, from the president of the United States is going to visit. So you have 181 embassies, right, within a mile and a half radius. And, you know, you have group activity, you have wedding, social, catering, uh, all of this kind of happening all at the same time. You got to find the way, the right way to balance all the balls and, you know, and still to execute and deliver results. Well, you were doing a great job there, it sounds like. Uh, you moved all the way up, you know, seven years in Ritz-Carlton is a great time. And then I see, you know, MGM comes calling. Do they come calling or you go looking? How does that kind of Yeah, happen? no, they come calling. I mean, at that point, uh, it's funny, a recruiter called me, uh, who's, who's a good friend now. He calls me and says, you know, would you ever think about leaving? And, uh, and at first, I was like, no. Like, I was like, why? You know, I'm like, nowhere I wanted to be, love the company. You know, it was just really really enthralled with kind of like where I was at at that time. But something told me just, you know, just keep an open mind. You know, he's like, are you sure? He's like, you know, it's a new casino coming to Maryland. I, I didn't know anything about casinos. I mean, I was, I grew up, I knew my grandmother liked to go to Atlantic City. Uh, I had never been to Las Vegas, uh, you know, uh, nevertheless, uh, you know, the recruiter said, you know, you should just think about it. And uh, I thought about it for two days, called him back and said, you know, sure, just set up lunch. Like, you know, what, you know, just keep an open mind. You know, I'd love to hear about it. I heard about MGM Resorts, you know, huge company, uh, obviously coming to uh, the D.C. metropolitan area was a big, uh, you know, I knew that they would have a big splash. You'd read about it a little bit in the paper, but I uh, didn't really know many details. Nevertheless, set up lunch. And I go back. It's all about who you get to work with and who you work for. Um, there's a president of the property guy, Bill Bozberg. He was the president of the property. He hired me. I was probably number four or five in the building uh, for the MGM National Harbor team. And uh, nevertheless, we hit it off. We ended up having 50 mutual friends. He's from New Orleans. I went to LSU. And, you know, five minutes later, you're, uh, uh, you know, the chemistry clicked, right? The chemistry was there. And, you know, after, after an hour, I was like, okay, I think this is my, I think this is my calling. Like, I think, I think I should, you know, I think this is the next step in my career. Uh, and some things, you know, I think about just, you go and you drive results, right? And sometimes the next things find you before you find it. Um, nevertheless, I remember calling my wife coming out of that and, uh, and she was like, oh, you know, how to go? And I was like, oh, we just had a great conversation, right? And I just really, you know, I enjoyed the conversation. Uh, um, Bill's a very smart guy, great leader of people, sets a great culture. Everything that um, he said, you know, was working in parallel with really who I am and, and my style and how I go about it. Uh, nevertheless, joined the MGM National Harbor team. We opened. Uh, we had 4,000 plus team members there. Uh, we, it was a $1.5 billion build out. Uh, wow. If you're not familiar, just across from Old Town Alexandria, just across the river, it's about a mile outside of DC official because the license is in uh, Prince George's County, but right in that, right in that cut out there. Uh, but I loved it. It was great. You know, for me, like, that was just a great learning experience to really like dive into a project a year and a half prior to opening, be able to be part of that. I liked it because you had the autonomy uh, to really build your vision out, right, on really where you want it to go. Uh, I never saw hotel and retail for them uh, in that capacity. And, uh, uh, you know, so a year and a half build out. And I think a lot of times you get to an opening and people are confused that, you know, you get to opening day and they think the work's done, right? And you really get to opening day. And that's when the work <laughs> just started. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, it just started, right? I mean, it, it takes you, uh, you know, in some of these large casino properties, right, a year and a half, right, maybe even two years to really set and get it to where you want it to go. Um, just because you have so many moving parts you know, along the way. 
What was it like leaving Ritz Carlton and going to MGM? Two big brand names, but very different, I'm sure, right? For you, because you brain name, yeah, yeah, totally, totally different culture. Um, you know, Ritz Carlton uh, was suit tie every day. MGM more relaxed, more. Uh, you know, what made that property interesting to get into like regional gaming is that you know you have value based customers and you have high tier customers and you have everything in between, uh, and you really got to be dynamic and flexible uh, in, in training the team right on how to how to adapt to varying guest needs as you go to the property but uh, it was great I, you know we had huge success at that property it's uh, it's one of the top performing uh, casinos outside of Las Vegas right from a regional perspective and uh, I was there so we had opened the property I was there for another year uh, MGM came to me and said you know what do you want to do next like what's your next step uh, and I had no doubt at that point like I was I was fully into uh, the whole casino side and uh, I just love the energy in the building, right? You walk in and it's high energy. You know, it's 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 a twenty. We're in a twenty four seven business already, but really, you go into a casino environment and you have stuff really happening. You know, on a twenty four seven basis, right? You'd be doing uh, running the hotel during the day. You'd do a theater show that night uh, for four or five four or five thousand, right? Empty on the casino floor. F and B's busy. You just have so many different moving parts. You'd see about 18,000, 20,000 people a day there. Um, but they had huge success. Uh, I know as they're in the role post-opening uh, a little past a year, uh, I had no doubt I wanted to move to Las Vegas at that point. How do you not want to work for, uh, you know, one of the preeminent gaming companies? But how do you not want to work in Las Vegas, right, where you have the uh, the biggest properties? It's the, you know, just it's exciting. You know, and, and for me, it's uh, I had a couple goals in mind, right? One, move to the market. That's where I wanted to go. Two was get to a bigger property, right? Everything I'd done to that point had been like three to 500 rooms. Now you're transitioning into a 4,000 room property, right? And the third yeah. thing was, where am I going to live most, right? Uh, and I transitioned to a property called Circus Circus. Uh, I was there for about a year. MGM's plan was go to Circus Circus. They're like, you know, just learn the business. They had a great teacher there, a guy, Eric Fitzgerald. His dad uh, was the president of Las Vegas Hilton. Eric grew up in the business, uh, old hotel guy. Uh, and, you know, tell me, go, go work with Eric for a year, learn the business, like learn how you're going to scale, right? Now you're going to run something that's 4,000 rooms. Um, and I did, right? Uh, nevertheless, I was there a year, got a call and Jim said, Hey, you're coming down the street, you know, and I went to park MGM and Nomad, uh, and I was there for almost two years, uh, just under two wow. years, obviously, you know, right before COVID happened, but yeah, it was exciting as it was, uh, let me tell you, there's not a, there's not a slow minute, you know, when, when you're at these behemoth properties, um, Yeah. But it goes back. One thing that never changes, right, is how you treat people, right, and how you go about it, how you treat your guests, how you treat your team. If you treat them well, right, and, and treat them with respect and the dignity they deserve, that's how you get the great – you have a great relationship, right? And the relationship is really the formation, right? That's the foundation for, uh, you know, you building success upon that, right? That's, and you give somebody feedback, right? If someone's doing something well, we should reinforce good habits, telling they're doing something well. If there's an opportunity or they could do something better – Right. If you have a great relationship, giving that feedback is easy because people know you have your best interests at heart. So when you get to Circus Circus, right? So I've never worked in Vegas. In my head, I always thought, man, that would be a great place to be. You watch all the movies like I've seen Casino and all the other famous mafia movies and that energy and kind of fun stuff. But when you walk in there the first time and you're yep. staring down 4000 rooms, like what's that vibe in your body that first day? I'm sure you're pumped up like, wow, look, I'm at one of these mega places. You know, how did you feel walking through the doors that first day? 
I was excited. I mean, it's uh, this the same way I do today, right? It's if you love what you do, and, and this is such a uh, in a cell time, but if you love what you do, honestly, it's uh, it's not work, right? And I love what I do. Like, I love who I get to work with, uh, and I love who I get to work for. And, you know, that it's that passion that's electric. So you go in, um, you know, it's it's enhancing property was doing well. Right. But it's enhancing the culture that they already have and continuing to, you know, you take it to the next level. But no, I'm very excited. I mean, it's uh, uh, it was a, it's a great place to work. They you know I'm still friends with a uh, uh, number of the people that I work with there and uh, have a really a lot of fond memories. So in the gaming world, again, I've never done that part. Do they teach you about that whole part? Or they say, hey, stay out of the casino. You run the hotel. We'll take care of the games. Or is it everyone kind of showing you what to do? What's it like in that kind of place? Yeah, I think it's I think it's as much as you want to learn, right? Um, if you, if you know, for me, I knew that if you, to be successful, right? And you think about to be successful and to really achieve the goals you want to. And, and I think it's just a natural curiosity. Um, like I wanted to learn about everything, right? And so you do your job and, you know, and the best part was you had experts around you, right? At MGM that were always willing to teach you. Uh, like I tell you, so we were in National Harbor and um, in Maryland, there's only two other casinos, like two other large casinos, I should say. Um, there's six total in the market. Uh, we ran a gaming school, right? Essentially a dealer education school. And so I do my job and then I go there uh, late night or if you had 20 minute break, go over and, you know, you're just, just learning about the business. And, and it's actually quite fascinating, you know, if you really get into it. Yeah, I feel like it's got to be uh, so yeah, cool. Yeah, I, think it's, I think it's as much as you want to, right? It's about you applying yourself. Uh, if you apply yourself, right, and uh, uh, keep an open mind, be, people are willing to teach you, I think, anything you want to go. You have to want to give the effort to want to do it, right, and, and consistently want to do it. So as you move up and you get to vice president of hotel and retail operations, so are you overseeing all the rooms, all the retail? Is that kind of how, what the structure is at the MGM? Yes. I was at Park MGM and Nomad. I had a general manager at Nomad who reported to me, uh, oversaw the rooms operation side. Uh, Think uh, everything non-F&B related, bell, door, ballet, housekeeping, pool. Uh, Then you have to retail as well. In retail, you know, you do, uh, uh, at Circus, we had 50 uh, shop slash kiosk, park of GMA closer to 12. Um, but there's like full built out stores, but, uh, it was, you know, it was a good, uh, I really, really enjoyed my time. It was fun. That's fun. So then like you kind of mentioned pandemic comes throws a little bit of a wrench in your plans. I'm assuming, right. What is, what happens once that comes? Yeah. yeah. You know, COVID happens, uh, obviously the, the market falls out, right. I mean, MGM was doing 10 billion. Uh, they dropped to 2 billion overnight, uh, just with, you know, you never, do you ever foresee closing these properties? I remember we had to close the properties. It was uh, May, I want to say 17th, right, of 20. The doors don't even have locks on them, right? So you're like, you got to go to Home Depot. And because you never, never would plan on, right, on closing uh, and closing your front doors, you're, you're legitimately a 24-hour business, um, every, you know, 365. Uh, nevertheless, uh, so we, uh, pandemic happens mid, uh, mid-March, early May, uh, you know, company was losing uh, 850 million a quarter, right? They had to make changes. Um, with that said, had, you know, staffing reduction was foreseen. I mean, it's not, um, you know, I totally get the why, right? Behind why they did it. They had to, you got to save the business. Um, nevertheless, it got laid off. And uh, I think where, where one door closes and another opens, you know, it's, I could have gone about it, right? And you could have got discouraged and you could have said, oh my gosh, like the world is, you know, the, the world is ending. And, um, but, you know, one thing I did right away was you pound the phones, right? And your new job becomes find a job, right? And I say that it's not about finding, it's about finding the right job, 
I end about finding it's finding the right company with the right people. But one thing I was uh, done to that point, right, was you know you have great relationships with people all in the industry, and um, so you go to the phones, right, and you start uh, you, know, you pound the phones. Nevertheless, uh, uh, it, it was interesting times, right, because you know the world was kind of didn't know where it was going. You know, it was a little all over the place. Uh, nevertheless, I had a uh, uh, had a buddy who introduced me. Uh, he had grew up with a guy, Alan Firstman, who founded Montage. Fantastic leader. I mean, really just can't say enough about my time at Montage, like how amazing and exceptional people there are. You know, truly, truly just, just world-class on how they go about it. It was the first company, you know, to have all the properties rated at a Forbes five-star. And I say that if you work there, the experience is even better. Um, you know, the culture that they create. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, I went into a corporate uh, rims operations role for them. Uh, when I started, we had six properties, and by the time we ended, we were we finished at thirteen. Um, you know, so we it was it was a lot of uh, they had a lot of openings, which was fantastic. There's two brands: you have Montage, True Five Star. It it is everything you want out of out of a, you know and one of the top properties in the world. Um, and they have another brand, Pendry, um, which is growing and emerging. Really, take really has really taken off here in the last uh, you know call it year and a half. Uh, and they're going to see huge growth, you know, over the next two, three, four years. Uh, yeah. So I've, I've heard amazing really, things. I've heard amazing things there. So we yes, had yeah. we've had Mary Rogers on the podcast, and she's at Montage. Oh, I was saying sure. the same yes, things yes, you were yes, saying, yes. and so she says she loves mm-hmm. it over there, and it was such a hard decision to leave the Fontainebleau, but almost echoes what you said. You know the owner, the five star, five diamonds. Just the the people there are amazing. So it's uh, amazing yeah. to hear you say it too. Yeah, one one thing you find there is um, you know people are really passionate about uh, willing to serve others, right, and really serve the guests, right. And that uh, if it's legal, moral, ethical, you're finding a way to make it happen, and it's you know you're going to get it done, right. Um, but when you get a collection of people together. Um, that are all really moving towards that same goal, right? Special things happen and, and, and that's exciting. So, right, Montage for a year. You opened uh, a ton of properties. Yeah, yeah, it's about a year and a half. Yeah, it's about a year and a half. Uh, really enjoyed it. Nevertheless, a uh, recruiter called and, and again, like enjoyed my time there. Um, you know, just, just kept an open mind, right? And, and I said, like, recruiters call all the time, right? It, it's not about you get a call, right? I'd say 99 out of 100 are wrong, right? It's it's keeping it in mind, you know, you hear it out. And um, nevertheless, when the Fountain Blue opportunity opened, um, Ripper called in and, uh, you know, said, would you ever think about coming to Fountain Blue? And uh, I one, I have uh, family on the East Coast. I grew up on the East Coast. I'd always heard about it. I'd never visited the property before. All you hear was just like uh, the iconic, the history. I remember my grandmother was talking about it uh, when I was a kid. She used to come down. Uh, you know, in the in the seven uh, was it late sixties, early seventies. You'd always heard just just amazing things about it. You know, one thing that I missed that I found in Las Vegas was the energy of big property, right? Where you had that big property, it's a constant buzz. You know, you you always had to uh, not just stay on your toes, but each day, right? It was just just truly like truly very different, and it made you really think and made you. Uh, really push yourself, right, to think harder and how, and how are you going to continue to uh, grow the business, grow employee engagement, grow guest engagement. Uh, and, that was, and that was one thing I missed. And, you know, you think about Fountain Blue, 1,600 rooms. Uh, you have 14 F&B outlets. We run number one nightclub, uh, live, uh, number one on a per square foot basis uh, in the entire U.S., right? Um, but really just the the energy that draws out of there, 
uh, seven pools, you're right on beachfront, 25 acres. When the opportunity came about, I was like, you know, that's something I definitely wanted to to engage with. Nevertheless, getting to meet the team uh, and meet the people that were part of it from our ownership group uh, to our to our uh, corporate, you know, I, it was something I just couldn't pass on and it was too good to be true. So who did you hit it off with, right? Who was like the person when you're interviewing, you're like, wow, that was a really good one. Who was who it that you felt like, all right, this is the place I need to come to? Yeah, uh, when I came to Fountain Blue, uh, I flew down. Uh, I met with Phil Goldfarb, who was uh, president and COO. I got Brett Muffson, who's the president of the company, uh, and I got Jeff Sofer, who's the owner. And I uh, just hit it off with all three of them. I can't say enough great things. What I what I really appreciated was um, how they go about their business, but really their vision on where we're headed as well. And for me, that's that's exciting. You know, I think about what was exciting about Montage. Uh, you know, we were opening properties, right? five, six properties in the year. Uh, and for me, like that, there's nothing more exciting, I think, in our business than to be able to open something. Um, and in coming to a place like Fountain Blue, you know, and it's about who you get to work, who you get to go about it with. I get to meet some of the team uh, when I came down for a visit. And obviously having started the role five months ago and now in it, I can't say enough how impressed I am with the team, knowing the volumes that they handle, but the quality that they deliver. And it's really just, uh, it's a fantastic culture internally here at the property. So getting there day one. So to me, that's a very special place. We talked a little bit pre-call about what that place, you know, I had my bar mitzvah there. It actually is the property that got me started in, it got me started in hotels because the gentleman named Paul Breslin, who was also on the podcast, uh, was the hotel manager there. And as a kid, I used to run around there in the early, late 80s, early 90s. So it's a special place. So anyone who's there, that's like, man, that's like the place to be. So sitting down there the first day and kind of looking around at this special place from the 1950s uh, that has now transitioned and been such an iconic place for South Florida. What did it feel like the first day? It was awesome. It's still awesome every day. I love it. It's, uh, you know, you come in for me early on, like anywhere. Uh, it's about relationships, right? And forming relationships like we were talking about earlier, uh, knowing that's going to be the foundation. That's how you're really going to build success. You know, I think about your first 21 days at any job, right? You're really just taking it in, uh, just understanding what's our current state, right? What's going well? Where's the opportunity? Uh, and you're kind of just absorbing it all like a sponge and, you know, transitioning that and the ideas that you have into a tangible and actionable business plan, Right that you're going to then go execute, you know, over the coming uh, two to three months. It kind of, that kind of jumpstarts you into the role. You know, we go through, uh, we're in orientation here every other week and we start 25 new team members, 25, 30. And uh, I think about their first 90 days, right? If we can really engage with someone in their first 90 days, right? And make sure that they have the support that they need, the tools, the resources, um, what it's going to take to be successful, you know, the most likely, if you can get them out of the first nine days, they're engaged in the company, right? And they're going to go and they're going to stick with you through, you know, do great things. Does that mean it's perfect? No, right? It's, it's, there's always opportunity, right? And then you always have the opportunity to get better, but you got to make yourself available. You got to, you know, I think about making yourself available and approachable, right? Especially to team members at all levels of the organization, um, where, you know, at the end of the day, I get up. I get dressed the same way they do, right? Uh, you know, I'm not anyone special. We're all in this together. No one person is more important than the other, right? At the property, yes, we have titles and tiers, and but how you go about it and how you treat people, you know, that's really going to, you know, really help you create a good relationship with your team. 
What surprised you the most so far? Here, uh, the property, I mean, we came in right into season. Uh, we actually just came off of, uh, we had ultra this past weekend. Um, you know, I, it's, uh, I mean, I mean, it's, it's busy, right? You know, the property's busy, city's busy, city, city's humming. Uh, I don't know if any one particular thing strikes six out, right? That was like, you know, um, caught me off guard. I'd say it's very similar, uh, to my time at MGM, you know, the property here, fast paced, you know, move, you gotta be able to juggle, a uh, hundred things at once. Uh, it's a casino without a casino. There you go. And so how each place you have to be a different kind of leader, right? If someone was joining your team now, what kind of leader would you say you are to them? Like, how would that be for them? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's, uh, you know, for myself, it's finding someone that exhibits the same passion, right? You start there. You gotta be passionate about what you do. You gotta want to be here. You gotta want to, uh, you gotta want to be the best that you can. And I say that, I'm going to do whatever I can to put people in the best position possible to go out and, and be successful. Right. Um, but one thing I think about that I reflect back, uh, old coach used to say was effort takes no talent, right. As in it takes no, it takes no talent to give effort, right. You got to come and really commit yourself to learning your craft and, you know, and becoming a master technician at what it is you do, right. You got to, you got to learn the ins, the outs, uh, the front, the back, that's something that benefited me. Right. And then as you come into this role, um, you're able to give guidance and give support, uh, because you've been in the jobs, right. And you learn the jobs and you know what the, what it takes to be successful in the jobs, um, uh, because you've done them, but you know, anyone that's growing up, I'd say it's important as well. Finding a mentor. Uh, I think, I think finding a mentor, someone that you can bounce your ideas off of, um, you can, you know, get, gain some perspective on, uh, is really, really important um, at, at all levels of any organization. That's great. And so, you know, this is something interesting. You know, I know you were captain of the LSU football team, so an iconic football <laughs> program, and now you're an iconic Miami Beach resort, and probably one of the most iconic in, in the country. Do you see any parallels that you learn from, like, the football program that you bring over into operations? 100%. I mean, uh, when you play in team sports, um, you know, you're working with people from different backgrounds, uh, who have had different upbringings than you. And, and the point is everyone brings something to the table, right? And everyone has brings uh, some insight to the table and everyone can, has something to offer. Uh, and I think about how the interworking relationships of any team work, right? I happen to just play football, but you could play soccer, you could play baseball, right? Um, any of those team sports, how you work together, uh, you bring people from, all different backgrounds together, but everyone's working towards one goal, right? Everyone has one mission on where they want to go. I had a great coach in college, guy Nick Saban. Uh, he just fantastic. Like things I learned from him, uh, he reminds me a lot of my dad, right? There's a process on how you got to go about it. Nothing just happens, right? It's all about being that master technician, but but learning and understanding the why, right? And don't just focus on the end result, right? If you do the work the end will come, but you got to know that, you know, the work starts today. Right. And, uh, you know, he, he was just great. He had a huge impact on my life. I love it. I see the smile when you're talking about him for the listeners, you know, Patrick <laughs> had a big, probably the biggest smile of the interview talking about coach and what he learned about him. So you've been all over the country. You've been in amazing hotels and resorts. You're at one of my favorite now, but if you could go back and talk to 15 year old Patrick at the Cineplex, and give him advice if he was starting out as maybe a front desk agent, you know, coming up, what advice would you give to him starting out now? 
I would, I would have done it the same way that I did because I don't know is if you change something, I don't know where you end up today and I couldn't be happier than where I'm at now. And uh, I think you just got to be confident in yourself. Um, you know, there's always going to be people in your life, right. Who can tell you, you can't do something or, um, you know, you're not ready for this, but you got to, you're always, my point is you're always going to have adversity in your life. Right. But continue to push on, push through adversity, right. Times are tough, but, uh, you know, if you have the right mindset, uh, and the, and the right willpower to want to learn and want to do, um, there's always a way you can find a way. I think that's a, a, a good point to add on right there, Patrick. So Patrick, if somebody wants to connect with you, you know, I'm sure they're looking to maybe for a mentor to ask you a question. What's a good place to connect with you um, if they want? Yeah, the best way uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I really actually appreciate LinkedIn. It's like, I think it's great for um, uh, just, just the industry overall. I think of it as like a running Rolodex, uh, you know, it keeps you updated. What's fun about this business, right, is you get to meet a lot of people along the way. Um Hey, you know, it keeps everything organized for you and tells you kind of where they're at. And, um, you know, one thing that's, uh, it's fun, right? When you work with somebody 10 years go by and you see them again, you pick up right where you left off. And, and I think that's just an exciting part about our business overall. Uh, I think LinkedIn is a great place. It's how I was able to do so many different and exciting things in my life. So LinkedIn, this is a commercial for you all. We're looking for sponsors, LinkedIn. You let us know <laughs> when I get on there. Well, Patrick, I appreciate you taking the time today. I know how busy you are running that beautiful resort of yours. Thank you for taking the time today. Hey, thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. And I look forward to uh, seeing you here back with us at Fountain Blue sometime soon. Absolutely. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Biscayne Coffee. Biscayne Coffee was founded with a giving spirit and a big idea to enjoy delicious coffee roasted in Miami while helping save Biscayne Bay and the animals that live there. As a former food and beverage director, I can assure you these are some of the best quality beans on the planet. 10% of every coffee sold is donated to nonprofits to help preserve Biscayne Bay for all to enjoy. Visit BiscayneCoffee.com today and use promo code MENTOR at checkout to save 10% on your first order. Drink good coffee and create a good outcome. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.